Hello, Baker McKenzie welcomes you to Connect on Tech, a global podcast series covering legal developments on data, technology, privacy, and security that impact your business. Here's your host, Brian Hengisbaugh, Global Chair of Privacy and Security. Okay, great. We're excited today to have Ben McLaughlin, the Global Chair of Healthcare and Life Sciences within Baker McKenzie. Ben, welcome to the program. Thanks very much, Brian. Uh, It's great to be here. And Ben, you're down in Australia, is that right? You're out of our Sydney office. That is correct. I spend some time here, although I spend most of my time on airplanes. Of course. But through the the magic of the internet, here we are talking. I'm in Chicago, you're in Sydney, and we're having a good chat. Okay, so um, let's talk healthcare data and M&A. Um, what, are, what are trends are you seeing now uh, in terms of uh, companies or organizations looking for patient data or healthcare data as part of M&A? Is that something we're seeing? Yes, this is a massive growth area in terms of healthcare life sciences M&A. There's a global battle going on for control of healthcare data. And uh, people are approaching this in different ways. But in essence, it's really a battle between big pharma, so the very large pharmaceutical companies, uh, versus the tech companies, the technology companies also trying to acquire control of healthcare data. Not only are they in a tussle, but they're also collaborative. So there's plenty of joint ventures springing up between those different parties in relation to healthcare data. Very interesting. Okay, yeah, we can see that. We, Of course, we see that playing out in other sectors of the economy as well, um, the tech company versus the almost tradition, traditional industry player. Um, and certainly data is at the heart of a, a lot of those issues. So are there particular parts or regions of the world where you see this, this playing out? It's very interesting. In the West, in, in sort of the first world economies, most patient or healthcare data is siloed and highly regulated. So it's very difficult. There's plenty of restrictions on obtaining control. But in some of the more emerging markets, such as China and India in particular, there's it's a relatively green field. So you're seeing companies are moving quickly to obtain control of data. And in that, to that, in that regard, they're really uh, leapfrogging the West. So one good example is a company called Ping An Good Doctor, which did an IPO in Hong Kong probably a year and a half ago. Very, uh, it's been doing very well. And it's basically a um, telemedicine company, but obtaining control over healthcare data is part of its um, modus operandi. Very interesting. Now, so for foreign acquirers or uh, companies, say, in the U.S. or elsewhere that are looking to acquire data in in some of these other jurisdictions, what are some of the key issues they need to think about in the context of of patient data? Yeah, so in the context of an M&A deal, when a foreign company is bidding or attempting to acquire control of a target company, which possesses or has access to healthcare data or patient data, there are two big issues. Firstly, there is a core due diligence issue, which is compliance with data privacy laws and the like. And that is a really key issue. For example, we did a survey of our healthcare clients in Asia Pacific, and the GC said this is their number one issue, keeping them awake at night. That is uh, data privacy issues in general. So that's a very key DD issue for us. Secondly, and this is an emerging issue, is how is the way that uh, 
government in the home countries, so when I say home countries, I mean the countries in which the target company is located, are imposing restrictions uh, on any foreign acquirer's access to patient or healthcare data. Yeah, of course. I mean, on the on the first one, I can't help but resist commenting just briefly. I mean, from a privacy perspective, you know, if you're looking at acquiring a company, you know, that company either did or did not gather the data in a way that it could be, you know, transferred outside of the jurisdiction, um, used for analytics or secondary purposes. Like, you know, to the extent the home country has privacy rules, it might be a little bit late, you know, by the time you get there to acquire the company, if they've not done a good job collecting the data in a way that can be used um, for the purposes you're looking to use it. So I can see that being a, a big challenge. On the second one, are, are you talking about some kind of specific regulatory rules that are being adopted to limit foreign companies from even acquiring local companies that have patient data? Or is it uh, a restriction on transfer? Or what is it that um, is coming out on that side? Yeah, so I can give you some examples of this if you like. So firstly, in the United States, there are the CFIUS regulations. And as you know, they uh, regulate foreign companies, acquiring control of US companies, if it could be against the US national interest. Uh, CFIUS has brought in a new regulation effective February 13 this year, so last week, uh, referring to sensitive personal data. So CFIUS will now regulate an acquisition which collects sensitive personal data and the view is that that would include patient data. And even before this regulation came in, uh, CFIUS clearly demonstrated that it was taking uh, healthcare data seriously. One example was um, a transaction involving a a health tech startup called Patients Like Me. It was reported that the company was required by CFIUS to uh, not go ahead with a $100 million majority stake investment from iCarbonX, a Chinese genetic research firm with machine learning capabilities due to uh, US national security concerns relating to the patient data. That's in the CFIUS. I'm sorry, Brian, are you going to ask a question? No, you you were, I I was going to uh, just say, uh, that makes great sense, and that's a fascinating example. And then ask you if you if were there any other good ones top of mind to add to that. Another good one is in my home country, Australia. The uh, regulation here is broader than CFIUS. It's basically it's not just limited to national security. It's basically anything against the national interest can be knocked back by the regulatory authority, the Foreign Investment Review Board, FERB, FIRB, and the. They've basically come out quite strongly in this area. They've said that um, for certain buyers, if they wanted to acquire control of a healthcare company which had access to healthcare or patient data, some of those buyers would not be allowed to go ahead with the acquisition. They'll just say no. For other buyers, they would impose quite onerous restrictions. Uh, Restrictions, in essence, are... The healthcare data must be kept on home servers 
can't be stored on foreign servers. Not sure if that's actually practical, but that is one of their requirements. Secondly, a requirement that no foreign citizens can access the healthcare, the Australian healthcare data. And thirdly, that even after the acquisition, a majority of the board of the target company must be Australian citizens. And that can be quite problematic in an M&A deal. Typically, if, say, a US company acquired an Australian company, they would expect that they could they'd have freedom to appoint who they wanted to on the board of the target. The acquirer has to hire a firm to audit their compliance with these conditions and report back to FERB on an annual basis. That's that's fascinating and, and certainly very restrictive requirements being applied here. What do you think is motivating governments to do this? Yeah, it's very interesting. I, I sat down with the head of FERB uh, about uh, two months ago, and this the, the head of FERB, he's a different individual from the usual heads of FERB. Usually they're public servants or lawyers or occasionally investment bankers because really it's a, it's a job sort of regulating foreign mergers and acquisitions. In his case, he was formerly the head of our spy agency. So this really indicates a shift in thinking within the government. And he said that, so he's approaching it from a very different way than previous heads would have done. He said that um, they're very concerned about cyber hacking. The amount of cyber hacking has increased sixfold in the past two years. This is not just government-sponsored, but it's it could be a couple of individuals trying to extort a bit of money from people, but it's exploded. And he said that there are two main concerns that the government has. Firstly, if patient data was kept on a, a, a server offshore and was then lost or hacked or there was a, an attempt at extortion, that would be extremely embarrassing for the Australian government. So that's issue number one. They don't want to cause any embarrassment. They don't want to, they want to try to protect the uh, patient data of Australian citizens, number one. Number two, they're concerned of the risk of blackmail. They, that a foreign uh, party might acquire personal information of politicians or public servants or defence personnel and then use that information to blackmail those individuals. Fascinating, fascinating. Well, super important stuff. Um, ben, we, uh, we look forward to getting an update a little further down the road from you. Ben McLaughlin, Global Chair of Healthcare and Life Sciences here at Baker McKenzie. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Brian. Pleasure to talk to you as usual. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for our next podcast when we connect on tech. For more information on data and technology, subscribe to our blog at connectontech.com or visit our website at bakermackenzie.com.